absolute versus relative truth and its role in the rapid decay of morality. Big topic today in this episode, I'm in the studio with Ryan Evan and Ken Hansen, part of the Grace Ops team, great men, great men of valor. Before we get into the talk, I want to invite you to check out graceops.net. Love to have you subscribe to our to our email. We would love to have you. We got a new thing we just rolled out. So we actually got about 400 men in it now. It's exciting. You can find us on GraceOps. At, it's a group. And you can just search in the groups. And all you got to do is search GraceOps212. That's all of our social media everywhere. You're going to find us everywhere. GraceOps212. So check us out. Love to have you subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. A lot of cool things happen in the GraceOps culture. We're excited about it. But we want to get right into this topic today. This has been a, it's, it's really a, it's a painful thing in our country. It's a painful thing uh, in our, in the government, marketplace, in our churches. There seems to be this tug of war on truth. What is absolute truth? What is relative truth? How, are, how has the landscape changed? How have we gotten to some of the pain points we're in now? And how do we even proceed forward from here? Because one thing we do know is that Jesus said that the, the gates of hell are going to try to prevail against the church, but they won't be able to. And so the people of God actually have the power and the authority of Christ to rise up in this hour. So absolute truth is kind of the concept that, you know, there is a truth, there is a, a way, and, and typically that was kind of more from a standpoint of faith. You know, I, I have faith that what the scriptures say is true. There, it gave us an underlying foundation for morality. That's all been challenged and hacked away at over the last many decades of just the relative truth, postmodernism, um, secular humanism, just science, 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 science. And we've just really taken a bat and just beat faith down into the ground where, you know, it almost seems crazy to believe in something you can't see, feel or touch or prove. So this whole relative truth idea has kind of been emerging and actually while it's emerging, it's actually creating some really cool opportunities and some changing of the way people are thinking, which is kind of healthy in a lot of ways, but it's also kind of, really wreaking havoc on this whole idea of like morality and what is it? And, and, and people are kind of lost in this relativism nowadays. So we want to jump into this and uh, Dr. Ken is with us and he's got a great, great intro into like postmodernism. And why don't you kind of talk about kind of where we are kind of hit this head on because we want to hit the pain points today and, and offer some solutions as we go through this topic. Yeah, so the concept of relative truth, or uh, some people would say today that there is no such thing as absolute truth, is really one of the main teachings or tenets of a philosophy uh, that is now the prevailing philosophy in our culture, which is called postmodernism. And many people have heard of postmodernism, but they don't really know what it is, or they don't know some of the teachings of postmodernism or how it's even impacting their everyday practical lives. But postmodernism actually began uh, over a century ago in Europe. Um, it made its way into the United States and really started to gain traction uh, in our universities in the 1960s. So if you think about all the things that were going on in the 1960s, the free love movement, 
uh, the hippie movement, the drug culture. Um, that was a decade in America where things really began to shift and change and people's ideas about morality began to shift and change. It came in through education. And uh, uh, there was a podcast, uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast, an excellent podcast on the three gates uh, of influence in America, the uh, the gate of the marketplace, government, and then education. And we talked about how education uh, contains the, is what gives us our worldview. It influences everything else. And so postmodernism was something that came in through that education gate. And it began to be taught in the universities. And now, you know, four or five decades later, it's become the prevailing philosophy in our culture. So postmodernism replaced modernism, which was the philosophy of the Enlightenment. Uh, and in the Enlightenment, you had modernism and you had the scientific principle that said, look it, unless you can see it, unless you can hear it, unless you can touch it, um, you know, it's not truth. You know, you have to, you have to, truth has to be identified by one of the five sen- senses and all that kind of stuff. And so you had modernism. And so uh, postmodernism is now replaced modernism or the philosophies of the Enlightenment And uh, why does this topic even matter? Because what people believe matters. It has practical implications. And so the, the whole concept of there being no absolute truth means that morality and ethics and all kinds of different stuff in our society has become the wild, wild west. That's why there's so much confusion out there. Nobody knows what to believe because everybody believes whatever they want to believe. And that's what postmodernism teaches. Right. That can, truth is whatever you make it to be. So I have my truth, you have your truth. And that has created a lot of confusion and animosity in our culture today. It's basically removed the morality of our culture because right. you can't tell me what I'm doing is wrong because... And how dare you challenge them. And you can't challenge, you can't challenge people them. because... Because it's not hey, rooted in anything. This is my truth. You can't challenge my truth. So that's kind of the background of how we got here. Yeah, and it's been an all-out war and attack on morality. So if it's if truth is based in my feelings, it's based in my own truth is what I not say it is, but what I feel it is. And it's and that's kind of been the moorings. And yes, this this educate now this has affected all all these gates that we've talked about in previous episodes, it has affected the gate of government. I mean, the Supreme Court um, legalized uh, homosexual marriage. So the LGBTQ community has uh, has really ramped up their, their agenda. And I have homosexual friends. I've had homosexual people in and out of our churches and trying to help them. You know, I'm not against them. But the problem is, if I come into the conversation and say, well, the scripture says... You know they want to literally tear that out of the Bible, and they've actually they've actually come viciously against this whole idea of political correctness is killing us, because really it's it's really not about being nice to each other. It's about it's about one way getting their way. It's an agenda. It's not about being nice or loving, and they're they're kind of like lacing it with be nice and be kind because Jesus would be nice and be kind to everybody. So you you fall in line, you sheep, right? 
And uh, and I, it sounds a little cruel to talk about that way, but it's not it's not about being nice to each other. It's actually about an agenda. So it's like, hey, shut your mouth. You don't understand their pain. You don't understand their confusion. You understand their truth. So go ahead. You know, so the, the, this this is like a hack it right. We've been hacking away at this whole idea of what truth actually is. So relative truth is killing us. Political this political correctness is is kind of like you know, cloaking around all this stuff and coming seeping into our culture, seeping into these gates. Government is, is eyeball deep in it. The marketplace is eyeball deep in it, right? Like all these different versions of truth. And so, so where do you put your moorings? Yeah. Media and entertainment is the main purveyor uh, of all of this stuff with where you just see it displayed relevant truth. You know, the movies you watch, the TV programs, uh, all of the characters, all the plot lines, truth becomes whatever you want. The other dangerous thing that relativism has have led to is a change in our definition of tolerance. You know, there was a day in our culture where tolerance meant that everybody respected everybody else's viewpoint. You could disagree with another person, but you did so respectfully. So we had the right to disagree as long as we were respectful, and, and that was tolerance. But now with relativism... Tolerance, the definition has changed. It's changed to you are intolerant if you disagree with me because you can't disagree with my truth because it's my truth. I make it what I want it to be. So we have moved as a nation, as a world, away from absolutism, which is truth that's grounded in a source that is personal, unchanging, and sovereign over all creation. Like there is a truth that everybody abides by, you know, in many ways that started thousands of years ago with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were absolute truth. Hey, you know, don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery. But today people say, well, I can do whatever I want to do because there is no absolute truth. So when you remove absolute truth from a culture, a society, it leads to chaos ultimately. That's that's ultimately where we're going to end up in, in chaos, because everybody's doing their own thing. It's like the wild, wild west. Yeah, and I, and I, I think that, like I said, political correctness has weaponized mm-hmm. these agendas, has weaponized this whole relative truth thing. And it's really actually caused so much division against us because to even say that I disagree with the LGBT community doesn't mean that I don't love them. Doesn't mean I'd go Correct. speak at their conventions. I'd go clean their toilets. I don't care. I mean, I don't have any issues against them of like, hatred, but right away, political correctness has weaponized it. Oh, see, there's a hater because he disagrees or see, oh, he's going with that ancient Bible stuff. You know, what you're talking about is just simple moorings mm-hmm. that the Ten Commands are still absolute truth. You know, now it may not, we may not be able to package it that way anymore, but it doesn't change the essence of the fact that it is rock solid truth that um, it's, the world is better when I'm not murdering my neighbor. I'm not lusting for my neighbor has, (laughs) and I'm not trying (laughs) to sleep with my neighbor's wife. You know, it's like, and it's, it's good if you're not trying to kill me or mine, or sleep with my wife or in your, in, you know, I don't want you lusting after my possessions or being jealous of it. Right. I don't, don't covet those things. And so, you're talking about moorings. Like, I mean, I've got four daughters, so, you know, you can say truth is wherever you want it to be, but then go have a daughter and see how, how it is to raise her in this world where men um, don't have quite as like what we used to, you know, not that the world's ever been perfect. It used to be wait till you get married to have sex, 
you know, that's gone. Like that's, right. it's just gone. Right. Like now, now you got people living together for years and years and years, if they even ever get married. Right. And yeah, so the, and that's then, part of this hacking away. And then the gradual, um, just the increase, right. And where this thing is going, right. We're already seeing, um, you know, the next step, you know, we, this got introduced with the LGBTQ movement. Now it's now the next step from here. Right. And we're already seeing these things. We're already seeing sexual orientations and pedophilism, right. We're, we're seeing the progression, right. That progressive thought, you know, take root, right. Where they're now going to begin pushing as pedophilia, not as a crime, but as a sexual orientation, right. Right now, now think about raising your kids in that. Right. And so there has to be a plumb line. There has to be um, a moral law, moral principles that that guide our culture, that guide us as human beings, right? And I think that that's the war. It's the war on the God's word, and it's the war on God Himself, the Creator, right? Um, where the enemy is through through this 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 concept of relativism, through this concept of uh, you know, it's my truth, right? Um, that 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 it's a strategy that. Um, that really is playing into an identity politics thing, right? It's it's making you know whether you want to call it politi- political or not. Um, well, it's it's become an identity. Political. It's, it's become, become political, you know, because it's become an identity thing, right? That 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 my sexual orientation is now an identity issue. Um, what I believe is my identity, right? Like we've we've grafted all these different things. How I think is my identity. You know what I mean? Like we've made that such a dangerous ground to play with. Um, and, and really what I've, what, I, you know, the way I've looked at it is that, that we're actually seeing the all out assault on, on, on God, right. On, on him, on, on him being the creator of all creation. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we have sexual confusion, gender confusion. I mean, cause it, it's, we're saying, Hey, if your truth is the truth and come out, we'll celebrate you. And in this whole overemphasize emphasization on sexuality, is just off the charts. I mean, to think about, I don't even like the idea of teaching any type of sexual education in schools, period. Right. I mean, God said, be fruitful and multiply. I didn't say how to do it. <laughs> if God didn't teach Adam and Eve how to have sex, why should we teach kids all that? I just don't, I don't think that it's helping. It's not preventing anything. It's actually making things worse. The scriptures actually say, do not awake and love until it so desires. We should be guarding our children, guarding the tenderness, guarding the purity, championing purity. If our culture championed purity, people, more people would want to be pure. But we, we're like a culture of horse because it's like, live whatever way you want to live. Your truth is the truth. And you can't challenge me. And anybody that challenges me hates me. And anybody, you know, all these labels. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we've lost our moorings and it's actually really sad. You know, yeah. there's pain in our cultures. This has created right. pain and confusion. And, and hey, if somebody's uh, got, you know, they want to come out and be celebrated. We live in a fireless culture. So there's a lot of people, you know, that's a nice opportunity for maybe attention you know, to go down these roads, but to mutilate somebody's body. I mean, really, I think that it's a cruel thing to do, you know, to say, Hey, go down this path and mutilate your body or go from man. And when Jesus actually, the script, here's the truth, right? We're getting back into truth, which is almost absurd to even talk about in this, in this episode in this day and age. But Jesus said he went back to Genesis. God created them to be male and female Mm -hmm. and sexual identity is easy. I mean, it's very easy, but we've made it this like, craziness like i think in new york there's like 31 there's not male and females 31 different um genders you can identify as like how confusing is that i think that one of the things that we have to understand in that the church has missed and has allowed to happen is the enemy has declared a war on truth right because if you don't have truth you know 
In the New Testament, it says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So that means that if you don't have the truth, you're going to remain in bondage. And truth is a powerful thing. And so the enemy has waged a war on God's truth uh, because truth is the thing that sets people free. And so that's why we have all of these people that are living in false realities and bondage, and they're being deceived. They're being deceived by the enemy because of this war on truth. And the church has not stood up and, and, and said, hey, you know, there is an absolute truth. Um, so in relativism, relativism, just think about this. Truth is created, right. not discovered. You create your own truth. How, how does that work? That's not going to set anybody free. That's going to lead you into further bondage. We're in absolutism. Truth is discovered. We have to believe that God, the creator of the universe, has put principles out, and we discover those. We don't get the chance to determine what truth is by ourselves. The other thing about truth is truth is the same across all different cultures. Truth is unchanging, right? Truth is knowable. But under relativism, truth is always changing. It's, again, whatever you want to make it to be, uh, we create our own truth. And so for our listeners today, we have to understand what has happened in our culture and why we're facing the problems we're facing. We've got to get back to a belief in absolute set of truths. You know, uh, we are the created ones. We don't get to choose our own truth. I mean, essentially, we have to we're, li- align we're ourselves with God's image, truth. Yeah, we're made. But we've made him into our image. Correct. Yep. And now we're dictating to God what truth will be. And then we wonder why our society is a mess and our I mean, homes are a mess because the, we're. The simple phrase in the scriptures, the days of Noah, right? Yeah. There's a Everybody reason why did what the, they wanted. <laughs> the ark yeah, was yeah. made for a reason. Right. Yeah. And we're in those same type of days. Right. Those days of Noah were right. The things that are right, these these truthful things are actually being called wrong. Yeah. And the things that are wrong are actually being called right. And it's actually, on the one hand, it's maddening. And on the other hand, I'm filled with hope because this is, these are the great days of opportunity because it should be, it's actually leading, I believe, millions of people, while there's this cloud of foggy confusion, they're also aching for freedom and truth. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the interesting things that's come out of the postmodern movement as compared to where we were uh, really up until the 60s. And, and, you know, postmodernism has really taken root in the last 20 years. It's really become the prevailing philosophy. But it used to be, it even uh, defines how we speak to people about the gospel. Um, Because under modernism or the Enlightenment, the question that, the number one question people asked about anything was, is this true? They wanted to know, is it true? Empirical evidence, is it true? And that gave rise to apologetics in Christianity. You know, Josh McDowell, evidence that demands a verdict, all these guys, Ravi Zacharias, whoever, you know, as apologists, is this true? But that's not the question of the postmodern person or the millennials. The question has changed from is this true to does it work? Because in America, we've now become pragmatists. Everything's about practical outworking. Does this work? I don't care if it's true or not. Does it work for me? And so what that means for us in in sharing the gospel with people is that people, in order to reach people's hearts, we have to lead with experience. They have to experience the presence of God, the power of God 
that that all of a sudden opens their eyes. And once they've had an experience with God, then they'll pick up the truth. We're able to share the truth with them on the back end. So it's a reverse. We used to lead with truth in sharing the gospel. Now it's more effective. We have to lead with experience because they don't care if it's true because there's a million philosophies out there. Right. But what they can't deny is when the Holy Spirit touches their life. And this is why worship is so important and powerful, creating environments for people to experience the presence and the power of God to touch their life. They can't deny that. When all of a sudden they, they experience this, they experience God, it doesn't matter what they well, believe. Then, They're experiencing you know, you, something. They want actually, to know what is it. You just threw in a whole bunch of stuff that would be really fun to unpack, and I just want to take a, a little pot shot at it. Um, so biblical worldviews, you know, there's a Western worldview of thinking, the Greek Western mindset, that Roman uh, rooted mindset, which isn't all bad. And that Roman mindset, as far as worldviews concerned, some of the underpinnings of it is prove to me there's a God. Right. So prove to me, which secular humanism fits good in that, right? Like prove it scientifically. Let's prove it, right? Now the Eastern worldview, so the Western ver is prove to me, then I will believe. So I first I need the evidence. Yeah. I personally really struggle, Dr. Ken. I really personally struggle. I have for years with this whole kind of concept of apologetics. Um, there's a huge part of me that thinks this doesn't even belong anywhere because that's not my main role is to defend, defend God or even the gospels or to even prove anything to people. My main role is to actually be filled with the Holy spirit. This whole first century way of living, being tender, being on fire, fiery, bold witnesses of resurrection where when I walk into culture, signs and wonders follow me. Yeah. You know, I don't have to stir them up. I don't have to conjure them, but I can speak to the man who's broke down and say, raise your head, you know, strengthen what remains, you know, follow Christ, right? Like we can bring that power. The Eastern worldview is one I love more. I, I, I'm not saying the Western mindset's all terrible, throw it all away, but the, the Eastern worldview is more of this. We assume there's a God, therefore we'll discover who he is. Like there's, there's it's a, based on experience. They want to assume it, right? Yeah. And so therefore the Eastern mindset actually has a little bit more room for mystery intention, whereas the, the Western mindset is uh, it's, it's more puffed up on knowledge. It's like, hey, let's get together and right. spar. That's why I think apologetics falls more in that category. I know the apologists out there would tear me to shreds well, even I, hearing me talk this way, but I, I just defending the gospel and defending God, I struggle with that concept because if I'm lovesick for the king, I'm going to be putting them on display. I don't have to go prove. I don't know. I struggle with that. Well, I, well I, I, let me just <laughs> say that. I struggle with it. So know. I think there's a false dichotomy here. It's not either or. We need apologetics because the scripture clearly says, be able to give an answer for your faith, to defend your faith. Yeah, I agree. Apologetics has its place, right? So it's but, not okay, but, either but, okay, or. But, but, it's but, both but, and. But, but we first lead with signs world. and we right. lead with who so, we but are. But the first century world. It has a place. Okay, I get it. But does does it have to have a conference? Does it have to have 15 books? Does it have to have its own? Here, here's my thing, right? We missed it when we stopped making disciples. It's The church stopped doing that. We, right. We, we, and I'm just, I, I know I'm not offering the greatest yeah. solution. I just to struggle yeah. with the whole, well, let's get up and debate and do apologetics. Yeah. We're missing the point, right? Apologetics should be a part the of the next generation. Disi- yeah. Apologetics should be a part of the discipleship process. I'm learning to give an answer for my faith. That's all apologetics right, is. I agree. And, but how do we, if we look at the first century church, if we look at the early church, 
How were people won to Christ? How did the gospel spread throughout the, the Roman Empire? It was by they were on fire. They walked out in the power of the Holy Spirit, did right. signs and wonders. People's lives, they experienced God, and then they taught them. Then they discipled them. We have come full circle now back to that. Right. With postmodernism, we're set up for that. Yep. But the challenge to the church is, is the, cha- is the church living that kind of on-fire life where people are going to experience God through our lives? And yeah, when I heard the about questions. the kingdom of God, there's nothing else. I'm like that parable, right? right. I, I went and bought the field, sold everything I had to buy the field so I could mm-hmm. go and bury that treasure. I mean, th- you've got to give your life to the kingdom for it to work. Right. There's no halfway, half right. in, you know, oh, I, I'll try it a little bit. You, you, you know, and you brought us something earlier I'm very passionate about. And I think it's the answer. And I think we need to, let's focus on the ache and the yeah. solution to this ache. Because the answer hasn't changed. But when you talked about... You shall know the truth. You know, that word in the Hebrew is actually da'at. Da'at Elohim, the knowledge of God. And that word knowledge is actually the same word that Adam knew Eve. Yeah. And it's not children, right? Like it's it's not intimacy. intellectual. It's, it's experiential. Right. There's this intimacy. In your heart. And so the tr- it's not just knowing the truth. Just knowing truth, you know. Knowing information. A great, a great teacher anything. of mine put it this way. Right? Da'at verse, and you could mix the letters up and it'd be data. And that's yeah. actually on our notes for this episode. Right. The overload of data, the overload yeah. of data. Right. We can Google everything. Data won't change D- your life. DIY culture, right? I can. I don't even yep. need a teacher. Mark. Google this. Hey Siri, Alexa. All, I mean, we have information just right at our fingertips, right? right. Which which kind of dulls some things. Right? Well, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous, right? And that's like you know the. the Although the, it did make Bible study easier, didn't? It? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it you does. got a whole library. <laughs> oh yeah. Google. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not just yeah. Google, but like all these great li- like logo. Yeah. I use logos, logos right? Like yeah. all this. Absolutely. Like, Bible study tools. Yeah. I can just look up in fifteen minutes what you you said to do in the day took you. That's anyway, right. so yeah. but but I think I think what you're hitting on is is yeah it's it's that uh, da'at versus that data concept right in 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 our culture the the search for truth I, that's what I, I think it's like the greatest setup like like you know Ken you're just saying it's it's the greatest setup that we're experiencing for those that are going to give themselves to the oil of intimacy with Christ right that they're going to become a vessel of honor a vessel of power a vessel of glory a vessel of presence. That's going to move in their in their spheres of influence. That's going to move into their cultures, move into their business places, uh, move in their schools. You know, for for those for those of you that are listening that are young, you know, um, you know that that is the greatest setup. You know, and I love I, I have I have lived off this for so long. But um, when 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 Paul came um, and he said I I I could come to you in, in the most eloquent of speech and. I could I could give you revelation after revelation in the knowledge of God and who he is and who he says he is. Um, but I've decided to come to you in the simplicity and the power of the gospel, right? I came to you with a simple message of truth, knowing that the Holy Spirit would move on my behalf in your heart, right? That 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 my spirit would bear witness with the spirit um you know, with, with your search, right? And that, that you know, and I look at, at Paul's earlier life and really what we're needing in a, in a, in a generation um, that we're growing up in is, is that, that road to Damascus. That it's that Damascus encounter, right? Where, where um, I'm sorry, but our classes aren't going to fix this. More uh, um, um, better teachings aren't going to fix it. We have all the teachings we need, right? And, and in an age where the search for truth is, 
is is covered with mass information, misinformation. You know, you can get into the arguments of propaganda. You can get into all this, the false doctrines that are flowing flowing around, even in the church, that are just beyond dangerous. You know, that are that are are burying people and deceiving people. Um, you know, I, I just I, I think that it's 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 where are those those burning ones that are going to rise up in the in the simplistic truth of the gospel of saying there is a moral law, there is an absolute truth, and there is a moral moral law giver, right? And there is an absolute truth in the God that is created and created, or sorry, God the Creator who has created us, you know, and has a um, definitive and um, you know a, a defined purpose. Um, in us that believe, you know, and, and in his creation of saying, you know, he has desires, you know, he has uh, a moral principles that he's laid out through the Bible that he's, he's communicated to us, you know, and, and I think the danger is that, that even for the church, um, the danger that we're facing is bowing our knee, um, you know, to, to the, to that concept of relative truth in culture that says, well, you know, and then we begin changing doctrines. We begin doing all these different things, you know, and, and the Bible and truth stands on its own. Um, truth is unchanging. And, you know, for me, it's like, <laughs> it's not about your feelings, right? It's it, truth is truth causes you to align with it. You don't get, you don't have the right to change it. You don't have the right to alter it. Um, you know, and, and I, but I, but I just believe, man, the opportunity that is, is, is before us as the church, as the remnant, um, you know, that we get to burn for God with, with, with a, with, with zealous passion. And, um, we have the opportunity to say, you know what, let's forsake the, the, the 10 step processes and let's, let's get rid of all this stuff. Let's begin to move in the power of the gospel again. Yeah, let's we got to get back to the origins. Look, we got to get back to the roots, get back the to ancient path. So it was how God made yeah, it. His, exactly. His God, when God says, go and advance my name and my kingdom and all the earth, the great commission, go in all the nations, that is the A plan. And God doesn't have a B plan. Well, and that, and it goes back to that whole thing that you were talking about earlier, Ken, about, about, um, you know, does this work? Like we have to be the living example, right? You know, of 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 demonstrating the power of God, the power of grace upon my life to live this way. Yeah, and these are days of exposing, and kind of as we wrap this up, your truth, your the relative deception is that you know, truth is whatever I say it is. Well, it. We can say that all we want, but deep, deep down, a person that really believes that really doesn't have peace, right. like sleep good at night kind of peace, like lose your anxiety kind of peace. I mean, we're talking about, when we talk about Da'a Elohim, we're talking about building intimacy with the truth of God because the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us. And I'm going to say this right now. It's faith and science. You you hit it right on the head earlier when you said it's both. It's not either or because that's another Greek way of thinking, right? It's either this or it's that. It's both and. So it's faith and science. It's it's both of those mysteries combining together, believing even the unseen realm. But intimacy is so important here that for us to actually know the truth, the type of truth that sets us free. We have to, it, it comes from a place of intimacy, which actually is born from a place of repentance. You know, we said it earlier. I don't, I don't know if we said it on the episode, but we said in the pre-talk was 
a great way to get to know truth is father. My truth is not the truth. My created truth isn't the abs- isn't the discovered truth. You know, he just summed it up like this, right? And and it's freedom. repentance. It's Everybody like, you, wants you. freedom, and they're like freedom and the blessings of God flow into our life when we align ourselves with God's truth. Even not freedom, our own truth, freedom from yourself. Yeah, freedom from your own version exactly. of truth. This own this self deception, which freedom is rooted and in pride, comes when I align myself with God's truth. Yeah, that's the only way that. And I was saying this recently. It was we love that idea where Jesus says, "My my burden is easy. You know, my yoke is light. My burden is easy." Um, but but you have to put you know, coming to me all who are heavy laden, and you know, we love that, right? Like it's such a cool version of Jesus. Like, oh, isn't he so nice? It just it's so easy. But the key word in there is yoke. You still put a yoke on. You know, yoke on alignment, ox, right? Right. You're it's just in alignment, line with Jesus. right? That's what it is. Put a yoke on, and, and he's very loving and he's kind you know, because it's his way, not your way. You put the yoke on, and then what do you do? The next day, you take it off. You stumble, right? That three days later, you take it off. But he's so kind and loving. Like, no, you got to see hey, the yoke actually has to do with your identity. And when there's intimacy in this whole concept and repentance, we're learning, we're learning the moorings of our identity. Yeah. So it's been a really powerful discussion, and it's fun to cut things off sometimes. Let it be what it is. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. We're here to empower you. And until next time, live upright.